You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Buenas noches, everybody. Good evening. Good to see you. Welcome to Metro Studios. And I want to welcome our family here in Metro, but also anybody who's tuning in and watching. It's great to have you with us. Uh, great to be together. And um, so tonight, uh, I'm going to be doing the midweek class. A little bit different. I'm standing up as though we've been recording sermons and lessons. So I'm just going to record a midweek uh, too. And uh, I decided actually to share a topic that that uh, we had a uh, we have a leadership D group, a leadership training D group that meets on Saturday, and we had a wonderful class and a great discussion afterwards. So I thought, you know, this is something that could really help a lot of di- disciples, and I think particularly with everything that's going on right now in our world. And um, I know I've been saying this a lot in a lot of the lessons and a lot of the sermons about all the challenges of the world and all that stuff, but re- it, it really is an incredibly unique time in in history, in world history. This is a time that, uh, you know, in the future we'll look back and go, wow, that was a tough time. That was where, you know, 2020 and 2021 were really rough years. And who knows uh, how long this is going to go. But but um, I, I think that we're going to look back and just say, wow, what a tough time. And, and, and what that means is that we've been challenged on a lot of different levels um, as just humans, you know, I mean, there's there's signs out there of all the challenges from the rise of depression, anxiety, the rise of addiction issues, the rise of of, of suicide, the rise of all kinds of things. I was in a restaurant the other day with Michelle and, and uh, Kia Inas and us and, and two old guys got up and just started yelling at each other and cussing each other in the restaurant and stopped everything. And they were just going at it for about 15, 20 minutes until finally somebody asked him to step outside. And, and it was just intense how much anger there is in our world and how much, how much fear there's out there. And I think what it does is it honestly, it, it, it challenges everybody, but us in particular as disciples, uh, the challenge is digging in deeper spiritually, uh, digging in deeper for our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Last Sunday, um, I talked about loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, how Jesus gave that as the greatest commandment. And he attached the second one about loving each other as we love ourselves, right? As we love our neighbor. And, and I'm actually going to record that for the online service as well. But, but I think that we're really being, our, our faith, our Christianity, our spirituality is really being tested right now. You know, where you're at with Jesus, where you're at spiritually, how strong is your soul? How spiritual is your mindset, is your heart set, is being tested right now. And some people are getting really beat up, you know. I mean, I know that all all around the world, churches are reporting losing large amounts of members and people leaving and, and declines in membership. I've, I've talked to leaders, and even the time we had in Madrid, helping the church in Madrid, we saw how many disciples have kind of just slowly floating away and and what I see is is we're really being challenged to stay connected, to stay connected to God, but also to stay connected to each other. And and I'm not even sure we're going to know really what the damage was until we're on the other side of this looking back. But how how it has affected us, and and then at the same time, I know from experience as being a disciple that 
that over the years that when I'm in a really challenging situation, I have to respond spiritually. I have to dig in deeper with God. I have to dig in deeper in my, in my Bible and in my prayers and in, in my time with him. So I'm stronger. So I rise up so that I can be, still be a light that's shining. So I can still be strong no matter what is challenging us. You know, the fact that we haven't been able to have in-person meetings. You know, we've had some, we've had some park services, which have been fantastic. They have been such a joy to be at, at, at the park service and to be able to see everybody and hug everybody. And, but, but I know not everybody feels, uh, safe enough to meet in person. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm not, I don't want anybody to interpret anything that we've been talking about that, that, you know, you're, you're less faithful or you're, you're, you know, whatever, you're somehow lesser of a disciple if you don't go to the park service. I think for health reasons, there are some people that, that just, it should, they shouldn't come to a park service, you know, especially with everything that's happening with the Delta variant of the, of the virus. And, and I know some people have decided to not go anymore because of that, because of the danger. And that's totally fine. That's why we're going to still keep doing the online services. But what I hope isn't happening I hope people aren't just staying home because we don't want a hassle of getting dressed and driving down there and setting up. Uh, and that would be a bad indicator. That'd be an indicator that our hearts are growing cold with the Lord, that we are becoming less committed, that we're becoming lukewarm. And we don't want that, right? Nobody wants that. We, we, we need to make sure that we're fighting for our faith. This is a battle. You know, this is a battle. Our whole world. I mean, you, you know all the junk going on right now around the world from everything from race issues to to face mask wearing to the Taliban invading Kabul you know I mean just there's so many stressful things all around us and we've got to fight for our the spirit of God for the kingdom of God to be a light to the world that we are we, we are at peace in God that we are confident in God and that's not that doesn't just happen naturally that is being very intentional about what we do so in the class on last Saturday we talked about priorities and I think that's key to all of this, that we keep the right priorities. And, and, and that helps us to stay connected to God, but also to stay connected to each other. Because I think, honestly, I think Satan is really coming after us right now. And not just us, all churches, all denominations, all forms of Christianity, all the uh, you know cr- disciples of the world, around the world, whatever congregation, region, or ministry they're in, I think Satan's coming after us, and it's a time to really dig in spiritually. And one of the parts of that, one of the keys to that, is identifying clearly our priorities and making sure that we're living according to our priorities. We had a great discussion in, in the leadership training group last Saturday, and I want to share a little bit about some of the things we talked about. So this is the topic, priorities, tonight. I want to look at, I'm going to start with Luke 13, verse 32. Jesus is talking to, the, to, to his disciples and to the crowds, and he says that, that, you know, it's in the middle, we're jumping in the middle of the discussion. He says, he replied, you go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and talking to the crowds. And, and they want to, they, they basically want him to hide. They want him to, to go undercover because Herod is going to come after him. And Herod was this evil, corrupt leader, you know, that was supposed to be a Jewish leader, but he wasn't. And it's supposed to be representing them, but he wasn't. And first of all, the, the interesting thing is that Jesus has no problem calling him out. In fact, he calls him a fox, which, you know, today a fox means something else. You know, fox means you're good looking. That's not what he meant. In those days, fox meant was the same as calling somebody a rat today. 
He basically said, you go tell that rat, you know, basically was saying, I'm not going to go hiding and I'm not going to be quiet about this. I am, I'm going to go finish preaching the gospel, building the kingdom of God. He says, I'm going to heal people today and tomorrow, you know, because they were criticizing him for healing on the Sabbath. And he's just basically saying, I'm going to keep on healing people. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. And there's a little bit of messianic prophecy in there. But the interesting thing there is his, that he has a goal. Jesus had a clear goal, things he wanted to accomplish. He had goals. I think a lot of times people think that Jesus kind of wandered around for three years and then they killed him. You know, he wandered around teaching pretty things, saying nice things, and then they killed him. The fact is Jesus was very strategic. He had goals. He were things, there were things that he wanted to accomplish in the time that he had here. If Jesus had goals, guess what? We should have goals. If Jesus had a plan, we should have a plan. If Jesus was intentional about his life, we should be intentional about our lives. You know, Jesus had a goal. I remember one time when, when we moved to Puerto Rico and I wanted to help the church get turned around and get solid. We wanted to help the church be healthy. And so we just did this massive study. I, I, I went through all the Gospels and I looked at trying to figure out what exactly was Jesus' strategy. What was his plan? What was he prioritizing? What was most important? What did he not do and what, what did he do and what did he not do? You know, and, and I learned, I basically got a whole plan of how to help a church get healthy. A lot of the things that we're doing, we're focused on here in Metro are things I learned back then when I was looking at Jesus' strategy. Jesus didn't just haphazardly walk around and teach stuff and see how it all went. He was following a plan and he basically told the crowd here, look, I've got a goal to reach. I'm going to reach it. I'm going to make it happen. And that's how Jesus was. You know, Paul was very similar. Paul had ob- objectives. He had things he wanted to accomplish. Philippians 3, famous scripture, classic scripture. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Guess what? Paul had a goal. He had goals, things he wanted to accomplish, right? He said, but I press on to take hold. So first of all, he says, look, I, I haven't done everything I need to do. I'm not done. I got more to do. I got things I need to get done. And so, therefore, he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Did you catch that? He said, I'm trying to do what Jesus grabbed me and sent me to do. Jesus called me and sent me to go do something. I'm trying to make sure that gets done. It's basically what he was saying, right? Jesus called every one of us. You have been called by Jesus. You have orders from Jesus. It's important to know, what are my orders? How do I accomplish that? What is the goal that Jesus has for me? And am I doing that goal? Um, He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So I'm not done yet. I'm not there yet. There's things God wants me to grow in. There's things God wants me to do. I'm not done. Look, I've been a Christian 38 years. I turn 58 tomorrow, which would, when you see this, that should be my birthday, actually. Um, Wednesday is my birthday tomorrow. Um, I, I got a lot of time done on this planet, but I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not, it's not over. My glory days aren't gone. I got glory days ahead of me. I got things to do. I got, I got some really exciting stuff that I think God's got planned for me. Guess what? The same is true for you. There's, there's more to be done. He says, I don't consider yet to take hold of it, to have him take hold of it. I mean, I'm, I've still got to grow in different areas. There's things that I'm going to do. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, this is what I do. Here's how my, this is what my mindset is. Forget what's behind. That's, first of all, that's really important. You know, some, uh, there's an old saying, be careful that your history doesn't destroy your future. Be careful that your past doesn't kill your future. And it's easy to happen, especially if you've been a Christian a long time. We can get so tied up about things in the past that we can't see the future anymore. We can't go. We live in the past, in the future. And that's, that happens. It's easy to happen to people. And Paul says, look, forget what happened in the past. Whether it were good things, the great things that happened, or bad things that happened, you've got to let it go. And you've got to grab a hold of what's in the future. And I know that, that it's super easy to say that, and it's not so easy to let things, everything in the past go. I get that. I understand that. But the mindset is still there that I don't want to be living in the past. Because the past can either is, can, can easily deceive me, either into thinking that I've already done everything and there's nothing else to do, or even thinking that, that I can't do anything else because I got hurt or because something happened or because I got burned or because whatever, and now I can't do, and now I'm not going to do anything and, or I don't want to do anything. And, and, and either way is, is just really bad for a disciple. And it's one of the reasons why gratitude is so important. It's one of the reasons why we really have to be able to sit down and just write out a list of what I'm grateful for. Tell people what I'm grateful for. Last week, I challenged everybody to send a text. Did you send a text? Did you tell anybody what you were grateful for or how much you loved them or how much you cared about them? You know, that this is why God wants us to express our gratitude because it helps us appreciate the past, but not be trapped by it, not be held back by it. There's great things to happen in the future, but we got to let it go. And this is his advice. He says, and he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I am straining. I'm leaning forward. I'm trying to make something happen in the future. I think it's really easy, honestly. We all know this. It's really easy to just kind of bounce through life. To just kind of wander through it. And just do whatever comes and whatever happens. And have no goal. That wasn't Paul's mindset at all. He understood that God called me to something. He paid attention to try to figure out what is God calling him to. And then he went after it. And he made sure that nothing stopped him from that. That is a good, healthy mindset. What is God calling you toward? What does he want you to accomplish? Where does he want you to be at? You know, and that could be anything from helping somebody in your family become a Christian to just you growing in peace or growing in confidence or growing in love or growing in, 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 in compassion. I mean, becoming more and more like Jesus. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know what the prize is? It's heaven. It's being like with God. It's being like Jesus. And, and he said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on. I'm going for it. That's a mindset that's really important to have. And I don't mean that we need to be all hyper, you know, Tony Robinson people. Every day has got a goal. Every day has got a... I don't mean that. But I mean having a clear direction and intention in life. I get up in the mornings, why? I get dressed, why? I call people, why? What am I trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do with this life you've got? And, and God has plans, good plans, for a great life 
for wonderful things. But we've got to be aware of them. Now, I want to grow in my relationship with Michelle. I want to grow in my relationship with my kids. I want to grow in my relationships in the church. We've been having people over our houses for dinner and doing stuff and hanging out with as it's gotten a little bit safer. And it's been so awesome to get closer to people and to make more connections. It's been wonderful. That's part of my goal is to connect with more people and to, and to be able to have a deeper connection with a number of people that, that I want to help in different situations. And, 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 and that is what makes it exciting to go through the day, to go through the week. Having those things, I want to accomplish this. How's your Bible talk doing? Are they close? Well, there's a great goal. Let's see if I can help get my Bible talk closer. How's your relationships? Are they good? Well, there's a great goal right there. I know what God wants. I know God wants me to be in a great, loving relationship. I look at Acts chapter 2. We've all been in Bible talks or ministries where we were super connected, where we loved each other, we were there for each other. Why not now? It's all a mindset. It's all what we decide to be, right? Paul had this clearly in his mind. One time when Jesus, this is one of those days Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray. And this is about priorities in relationships. And he says, and, and he spent the night praying to God. He spent the whole night, the whole night, just praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew. He goes through the list. Jesus spent the whole night deciding who he was going to be close to. Who were going to be his apostles? Who was going to be his inner circle? It's incredibly important. It was incredibly important for the church. It was incredibly important for Jesus' ministry life. But it's also incredibly important for our life and what we do. Who are you close to? Who are you prioritizing? Jesus absolutely prioritized relationships. He loved everybody. And I don't mean prioritizing love. I don't mean that we're going to love some people more than others. We can love everybody, but there's some people we have to make sure and spend time with. I, uh, Michelle and I, we, we had our, we'd be close to every single person in the region. I mean, our region is full of wonderful people, incredible people, many of which I know and some I don't even know. I just, I, I can talk to them five minutes and know that they're an amazing person, incredible brother, incredible sister. I can't be close to everyone. There are priorities. I have to be, you know, I, there's only so many slots in a week, right? And they go, who do I need to make sure that I'm getting time with? For Michelle and I, as ministry couple, we've got to make sure that we are supporting those that carry a lot of the load in the ministry. You know, people like the Sanchez or the Henleys or the Weber, people who carry a lot, the Kiainas, who, who do a lot and, and are, are, in a sense, on the front line of the spiritual battle. I need to make sure, we have to make sure we get time with them and that we strengthen them, the Esmonds, the Keys, and on and on and on, that... And of course it's limited. So, so, but who do I be, who am I close to? So I not only am I, it's not just haphazard that, oh, I just happen to be close to some people who I get along with. And no, I, 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 I want to be as close as I can to some, you know, I love everybody. I mean, our region is just amazing. It's full of wonderful people. It's full of incredibly hearted people, people with wonderful hearts, Love to just hang out with everybody, but I know I can't. I got to prioritize. But those priorities need to know that they're a priority to me. Who's your priority? What relationships are your priority? It was so important. Jesus spent the whole night praying about this. You know, you've got to prioritize your soul. 
Your soul has to be a priority. Your own soul has to be a priority. In Acts 6, we read this famous scene. We all know the scene, right? When they, when there was problems with the Grecian Hebrew widow, the Grecian widows and the Hebrew widows, and they weren't, they weren't all getting the same treatment and the same care, and there was a complaint, and there was, there was a division in the church. So they deal with it, right? So the twelve gathered all the the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. You know, the apostles knew like, we, we shouldn't be the ones out there just waiting on tables, feeding everybody. He said, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, right? Because everything in their church should be led by somebody full of the spirit of God and full of wisdom, right? That's, that's, that's the criteria for to be in charge of anything in the church. It's got to be somebody who's full of wisdom and full of the spirit. He said, we will turn their res- this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Did you catch that? What they wanted to make sure was that the need was met in the church, but that it didn't take away from their time with God. That they had the time they needed for prayer and ministry of the word. The things that feed and strengthen our souls. They were taking care of their souls. They were making sure their souls were taken care of. They were prioritizing their souls. We have to be that way. We have to make sure. How is your soul doing today? So much happening in this world. Is your soul getting beat up? My soul's getting challenged. My soul is, you know, if I normally press 100 pounds, my soul's trying to press 300 pounds right now. Because that's the weight of the world right now. My soul's being challenged. I need God. Being in the ministry of course, this is a top priority as a minister. I just block out my mornings. Everybody knows. I don't answer the phone. I don't talk to people from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Or 10 a.m. Not 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Why? Because that's my time with God. That's the time I talk to God. I listen to God. I read about God. I read from God. I, I read the scriptures. I memorize scriptures. I say prayers. I do all kinds of stuff with God. That's our time every day. And then I have other times in the afternoon and the evening, but they're short and they're direct. But, but I know I need that. I, there's no way I could handle everything that's coming at me in the ministry. But you know what I find is that that's true for disciples, period. All disciples. We have to have our time for God. If we're living off 10, 15 minutes with God, we're not depending on God. Who are we kidding? And we're not strong enough. And we don't have the spiritual strength. And honestly, our souls are probably getting beaten up. Or unduly influenced by the world. We just need that time. We need, I mean, if Jesus needed to go off to quiet, solitary places, is there any way we could not need that? Is there any way that we're going to get through one of the most difficult times in the world, in the history, in this, in this year, and not get all beat up and burnt up. And I mean, this is like what Paul talked about to the Corinthian church. You might survive, but you're going to be like one who just barely survived the flames, all burned up. And that's not how we want to live the Christian life. We want to be, as Paul said, from victory to victory, from strength to strength in the Lord. But we have to take care of our souls. Are we doing that? Are we prioritizing our soul? Making sure I'm listening to music. I talked about last Sunday, watching that show, The Chosen. It's an app. You download it on your, on your, on your phone and you can project it on your TV or, or watch it on your computer. It's a wonderful show. It strengthens my soul. 
they have a really good portrayal of Jesus and how what it was like being one of the apostles and what the early church was like. And it was it's fantastic. Every time I watch it, I leave encouraged. I leave strengthened. My soul is happier. It's stronger. It's more fired up. You got to practice soul care. It's a top priority. Time, objectives, things we want to accomplish, relationships, our souls. These are what God has given us. This is our life. We've got to make sure we're prioritizing those things. Or the urgent, the stuff that needs to be done will just squeeze out those things. Here's the thing about time. You know, we all have 168 hours a week. All of us do. Nobody gets more than others and nobody gets less than others. We have 168 hours to live our lives right? Work, most people work 40, 50 hours a week. Some a little more, some a little less. So about 40, 50 hours just goes into that. Sleep. Most of us sleep about seven hours a night. You know, hopefully you're getting at least that much sleep, but that's about 50 hours a week. Okay. We, we, we go to church a couple hours on Sunday, a couple hours on midweek, actually with Zoom even less because we just turn it off afterwards. But let's say two hours and then two hours of Bible talk which I don't know what's really happened, but let, you know, let's say it is. That's six hours in a week. So basically, in total, you're about 106 hours of the basic necessities of life. Work, sleep, church, total, you know, 106. So what does that mean? Well, that means we've got a, 62 hours to figure out what we're going to do with each week. 62 hours after sleep, after work, after church, after all that. What are we going to do with those 62 hours? That depends on our priorities. Of course, we got stuff that we all got to do, right? Eating, cooking, chores, gym, TV, shopping. Well, TV's not necessary, but these are things we do. This is how we fill up our time. TV, shopping, sports, entertainment, whatever. 62 hours is a lot of time. That's a whole other full-time job. That's a lot of time to figure that out. And of course, we've got to have in there soul care, right? And our time. Bible reading, prayer, studying, discipling, study, doing studies with people, helping other people learn about God, serving, helping the poor, helping each other, cooking for each other, doing stuff for, for each other. Those are priorities that we have to guard. We have to make sure I've got time for these things to strengthen, to take care of myself. Self-care. It's incredibly important. Not because I love myself or I'm selfish and I only care about myself, but because I want to be able to help others. And I want to be a light. I want to be a source of faith, of peace, of joy, of love. It doesn't happen naturally. We are made in God's image, but we are corrupted by the world. And we have to be intentional about what we do with our time and the time that we've been given we have a, a, objectives, all of us do. Things that we're going to accomplish. What are we going to accomplish? Things that we're going to do in the ministry. Things that we're going to do in life, life skills. So some of us want to get more education or, or get training in something or get a better job or, or learn how to garden or whatever, you know. Education. Some of us go back to school or trying to get an education on our own. These are things, these are objectives that everybody has that we want to get done. How about Relationships. You know, relationships don't just naturally happen. They take focus and effort. We have to be intentional about it. Building friendships. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to move from one church to another. 
Because everybody's already got their friendships. Everybody already has their relationships. And you move into a place and, and it's hard to kind of squeeze yourself in there. And the truth is, there's a lot of people that move and they don't do well spiritually after because they don't have the friendships anymore. You have to be intentional. You got to squeeze yourself into somebody's life. You got to figure out who do I hit it off with? Who can I connect with? And then be the one who initiates. Hey, you want to pray together on Saturday morning? Hey, you want to meet at the beach and pray? Hey, you want to go fishing this morning? Hey, you want to go, you know, throw a frisbee? I don't know, just something to connect. And that and the church thrives when we have that conviction. It dies when we don't. When we let the busyness of life squeeze each other out. And we don't have the time. I mean, I love Mondays. Turnwall and I go to the movies together. Why? Because we're friends. And friends do stuff together. And we both love movies. And why not? You know, it's Monday's supposed to be my day off to relax. I love movies. That relaxes me. My day to, to my Sabbath. And so we get to have fun, you know, doing something. And it's building my relationship. It's maintaining a friendship. I think a lot of us in the church are lonely right now. And, and, and of course, it's a pandemic. We haven't been able to hang out. We haven't been able to get together. We haven't seen our Bible talks. We haven't seen at church. And, and, and it's incredible to me that some people, in one conversation, talk about how lonely they are, how they don't have close friends, and in the same conversation, talk about how they don't want to drive across town to go to a park service that's 20 minutes away. It's like, whoa, what price are we willing to pay for these relationships? What price are we willing to be bought at and, and, and lose our relationships? So I don't know if anybody else really wants to be my friend. Offer it. If they don't, they don't. But, but believe me, I, I hear it so much. I, I used to hear it all the time with the team ministry. Everybody in the team ministry felt lonely. And I, and I always challenge them, just go call somebody and ask them if you want to be a friend. And, and it's always amazing how it just turns. And all of a sudden, the team ministry, they love hanging out. What they didn't know was that they were all lonely. But as soon as they realized they were all lonely, they were best of friends. In any group, a Bible talk goes through. Any group can do that. When sometimes we have to stop and say, well, who, the question is, who am I close to right now? Who do I share my heart with? My troubles, my sorrows, my strength, my victories, my joys. Should be God. Should be God, for sure. If we have a spouse, it should be our spouse. If we have family, our families. If we have friends, which I hope we all have friends, our friends. And I, I, I say, I hope we all have friends. I know that sounds terrible, but I know a lot of people don't have friends. They just don't. They have a lot of acquaintances. And there are others out there who are just hungry for friendships. But we got to be aware of that and prioritize. I'm going to build some friendships. Pray about that. Jesus bound those apostles together. He pulled them together. They were not friends. They had nothing to do with each other. And some of them couldn't stand each other. Nobody liked Matthew. Everybody was scared of Simon. And yet they became deeply connected brothers. And our soul, what, 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 what's going to strengthen our soul? Prayer, Bible reading, Studies, helping other people, sharing your faith with a, just having discussions about faith, meeting together after the midweek and talking about what did I get out of it? What do I need to change? What do I need to grow? Be vulnerable. Be a, make a decision. You know, I'm going to share my heart. 
Here's what's hard for me. Here's what I need to change. Here's what I got out of it. Discipling time, helping one another be like Jesus. That's not a rule in the church. That is a need in everyone who's a disciple. That must be met or we don't do well. We just don't. Even serving. You know, I appreciate Christian is always organizing something for the poor. Augustus is always doing something for the poor. You know, there's, there's so many people. Jerry's always organizing something for the poor. Jerry and Joy are always working on something. These all help our souls. You say, what does soul have to do with feeding homeless people? It has a lot to do with it. Because you're being just like God. And your soul loves it when you're being like God. Your soul loves it when you're in prayer. Your soul loves it when you're reaching out to somebody or sending a text to encourage somebody. Your soul just lights up because you're being what you were designed to be in the image of God. You're living that out. Priorities. But we have to know what those priorities are. Paul said this, and we're going to close out here. You know, he said, Then after 14 years, I went up to again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also, and I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not run, been running my race in vain. See, what Paul wanted to make sure is that he wasn't wasting his time. That what he was, his efforts were not for nothing. They were for something great, something important. He, he went and, he, and after 14 years, you ever been Christian? 14 years. Spent time, seven years with Jesus. Had revelations, had visions. Had, I mean, you talk about a powerhouse disciple. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, and yet he still wanted to connect with the apostles. He still wanted to make sure they were connected. That's conviction. We got to make sure we're connected. We got to make sure that we're not running our race in vain. There's something very powerful. You know, we just, Michelle and I had a very, very close friend pass away this last weekend. Her death was a victory. Victory for her. Because she lived her whole life faithful. She lived her whole life putting first things first. Prioritizing God her spouse, her kids, her family, her ministry, the brothers and sisters in her life. She's dying happy. She died happy. She died in victory. I want us to think about what are we going to look back at the end of our lives and make sure that we don't look back and say, what was I thinking? You know, I saw this report of this guy who interviewed all these people who were dying. And asked him how they felt about their lives. And he, he, he talked about, his, the big subject of his study was how to die well. And he said, it's, it really depends on what people do with their time. And how much they prioritize relationships. The people who were strategic, who were intentional, intentional about spending time with important people, they died happy. Those that didn't, they died with so much regret. Why didn't I spend more time with my kids? Why didn't I spend time with my friends? Why didn't I take the time to just go fishing and hanging out with my buddy? They, none of them said, I wish I had a nicer car. None of them said, I, would, I, had, I wish I had a better career or a bigger house or more money in the bank. 
They regretted the important things that they missed. And they felt great about the things they prioritized when they were the right things. How are we living our life? How are we getting through this time period? This very challenging time period. And it, it really, honestly, what I see, I see some disciples getting really beat up. And they're just drifting farther and farther away. I see some getting so caught up in the teachings and every wind of teaching in the world, the political stuff, the, the, all the junk out there the, that's going on. And they're so caught up in it that they're full of anger and bitterness and, and they've gotten sucked into that world. And they can't even see the kingdom of God anymore. And it's so tragic. People who were once thriving in the kingdom of God. I see people who just are letting themselves get weaker and weaker and weaker. And then I see those who are making sure they get together. Who are making sure they're calling. Who are making sure that they're praying together with somebody. Who are making sure that they're meeting somebody and praying at the beach or confessing their sins. And what a difference. What a difference. Because your life never depends on what's happening around you. It depends on your priorities. And when times get tough, your faith, you grow it. You rise above. When things get challenging, you dig in deeper with God. You prioritize Him. We prioritize each other. So priorities, they make a huge difference. I want us to think about tonight, what's our priorities? Really, if we look at our life, if you don't know, ask your kids. If you have kids, ask them, what do you think dad's priorities are? What do you think is most important to dad? They'll tell you. <laughs> kids are brutally honest. And they'll tell you, if, it's, if you're putting God first, they'll tell you, oh, dad, you, you always talk about God. You always, it's clear, God's the most important thing. If it's the wife, if it's the kids, if it's the husband, if it's friends, it's roommates, neighbors, relationships, friendships, that's clear. But if it's not, that's clear too. I think Satan would love to just beat us all up. Would love to discourage us and wipe us all out of the kingdom. And he's unfortunately successful with some. We've got to prioritize. We've got to be the ones that have a clear mind that we know what's important. We know what matters. You've just listened to the sure Metro LA podcast. So For more information about our ministry, more. please visit MetroLARegion.com. Let's do the right things. It's not go be awesome. It's go be like Jesus. Do what God has called us to do. And let your faith be carried out. Choose the right thing and make sure it gets done. Keep first things first. Plan what you do and do what you plan. This is Zoe, life to the full. This is the kingdom of God. God bless you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.